Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was a bouncing and a laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hoping that we'd just hang on. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 39 of the Always Race Day podcast presented by Carl Auto Group. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Damon Helgevald. We're going to get you guys ready to go uh, for the biggest weekend we've had of the year so far in terms of number of races. But first, I want to thank Carl Auto Group uh, for sponsoring uh, our show, our website, everything we do, uh, and potentially a trip to Tennessee next week. So if you need a car to get you out of your house from uh over to work you need to get it to the racetrack maybe maybe you want to uh do some uh track packing on a dirt track your local dirt track uh around your place call up carlotto group they'll get you set up go to carlotto.com for more information about that all right damon action-packed week we got like 25 races this weekend in the top mm-hmm. series that we cover uh biggest weekend of the year uh, and we'll run down the list a little bit later. Um, I do got it. Damon, did you did you like Josh's gift that he sent you? I did. I did like it. it was, That's good. Damon Damon stayed up very late <laughs> so that we could put together a podcast. It was our most listened to episode. Well, that's good. Let's talk about how Bristol Dirt's working. That's it's how it's working. Most listened to episode than it goes right along the lines with most everything else that we've seen here in the last couple of days. <laughs> I'm glad you're uh reset and we can we're recording now. Uh apologies to those uh in Pennsylvania that wanted to uh look at the invasion race going on tonight. Um we're recording during qualifying, so Justin Peck looks pretty fast. Uh Damon, do you want to tell them what happens in, in that race? In the uh in the the one that's going on right now. Going on right now. Yeah, yeah I know everything that's going on. Um, yeah, Christopher Bell uh, fights with Alex Bowman, um, yep. on the both on the track and off the track. Yep. Uh, and I think there's a guy named Matt Campbell racing the number nineteen car. Uh, he actually he he wins. So. Oh, I I believe it. Yeah, that's all taken care. Of. All right, so that's your recap of the invasion of Bridgeport uh, here on Wednesday at five forty nine Central Time. Exactly. <laughs> So they barely just got the track packed in. Yeah. All right. So I I have a new conundrum that I faced this week, and it's really bad. I have an addictive personality a lot, um, a lot of the time. Um, and I've discovered on YouTube 
uh, that there's a 24 hour Monster Jam channel that's just free to watch, uh, and it just plays a new episode of a Monster Jam show uh, every hour. Uh, so I've I've discovered that, and I've probably spent about 16 hours when I should have been sleeping watching Monster Jam this week. That makes sense. Yep. Uh, so that's that's thrown a wrench uh, into my life now. Uh, you really need to invest in some sleep. I'll tell you. I want to invest in a Monster Jam thing. tour that races one time every week at the same time, and it's all points races, and they mean something, and maybe you get a trophy at the end. That's all I want. Then I won't have to watch the reruns and pretend. We'll see if that works. Also, Jim Kohler, uh, the greatest of all time, has qualified for the World Finals. I just want to tell everyone. Oh, yes. on, what, on what criteria? I don't know. Uh, being the most popular trucks uh, basically just gets you in. One year grave digger, something like nine. That was funny. It's like, oh. we're going to have 32 trucks. It's like, all right, nine of them are going to be grave diggers. Let's go. Well, it's called field fillers. I mean, well, are the field fillers usually the top cars? Yeah. Okay. All right. All no. right. I was thinking of like an ARCA race where it's like that car does not look like a, a stock car, let alone what's racing today. It's it's field filler. They just throw people in. All right. So let's uh, we'll get into uh, what we need to talk about uh, here. But uh, we're going to start with on the dirt in the world of sprint cars and uh, the Hoosier tire shortage that has been ongoing from last year uh, and over to now. Um, this weekend, there are concerns, I guess, from uh, Hoosier Tire Midwest uh, that they won't have enough right rears, uh, right rear tires uh, to finish the weekend. I don't know what their plans are beyond next weekend. I can only tell you guys that the World of Outlaws teams will have about 30 right rears for this weekend, according to people I've talked to. Um, I don't know if the world of allies are going to, uh, put something in place, uh, like a one tire a night rule. Uh, I don't know kind of officially what's going to happen there. USAC, uh, for their midget program this week has already done that. Um, all I know is that they have, I think it's HR 15s. I think they only have 30 available of that type of right rear tire that, most sprint car teams uh, use. And I can tell you also that for the teams at Knoxville, uh, I don't think they would allow uh, you to buy more than one right rear tire this weekend uh, through practice day and through the first race day of the year. So very concerning um, for dirt fans out there with only one tire company kind of holding a monopoly. Uh, on the entire sport, um, having issues getting tires out there. Uh, and I'm sorry to be like so serious about this. I don't want to say something that I don't mean uh, or say something inaccurately. So I'm trying to check my notes, but uh, definitely concerning stuff, Damon. Yeah, I'm, it's been an ongoing thing. Obviously, we had the late models get affected last year. Um, I know, and I know they canceled a couple late model races, but I don't think we have seen anything, um, should I say, as worrisome as this considers. I mean, they canceled races. We're not canceling races yet, so. Um, the, the sprint cars didn't cancel any races, did they? Not yet. 
No, I mean last year. No. Okay. Yeah. No, so that, yeah. You know the the late models canceled races at some point through last year's tire shortage. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So right now we're not canceling races, so I can't. You know. I do want to uh, throw in that uh, Hoosier Tire Midwest, and they they have different like regions. So I don't believe they are. Um, this has any chance of impacting Bristol next week, uh, but time changes everything. So, uh, I, I would just say like, if you're worried about the Bristol race weekend, uh, don't, uh, don't worry too much about it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, uh, it makes you wonder what are they shorting on? Is it short of help? Is it short of material? Is it short? What are they short on? I think part of it is material. I think part of it's nylon from what I could tell. Um, and part of it also is help. I mean, when people are out there, big name people on social media and asking what is the problem, um, kind of, kind of would be alerting to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm not sure kind of where, uh, they'll go from there. If you're listening, if you, or if you know someone from Hoosier that'd like to come on and talk about it i'd love to uh have them on anytime if they uh heck if they want to talk before the end of the week too i'll put up another i'll just put up another audio clip either attach it to the end of this episode or i'll put a new episode up so let me know if you do Uh, i did reach out to one person who's going to ask around but i haven't heard back so uh yeah um let's go actually that covers a lot of a lot of the tire talk i don't I don't know if any companies are looking at getting in on a tire war or something, but we kind of talked about that on last episode or two episodes ago. So go back, listen to that. Uh, if you have questions of our thoughts on that, Damon's against it. I'm probably for it. Uh, that's really generally speaking of what we talked about. That's really generalizing the entire conversation. It's uh, not that I would be against it. It's just right now, every other company's hands are tied when you're in a sole marketing agreement. It's like if I'm Pepsi and I can't, and Coke has a stranglehold on the Olympics, I can't just walk into the Olympics. and say, I, I don't know necessarily though, if Hoosier is the official exclusive tire sure of the world. Like of outlaws. When you it is a, not, it is not of Knoxville. I can tell you that. Right. But of the world of outlaws. Right. I, and I'm not a hundred percent sure either way on that. I, I'm pretty sure it is. I would, you would almost have to imagine if they're going to have a, I just think, no, I pushed everyone. They've pushed everyone out like that. Sammy Swindell story is haunting, I guess, to, to all the other tire companies. So, um, they go into Tri-City this week, uh, in Hobstadt, uh, on Friday and Saturday, last two regular kind of races, uh, before we get to the Bristol Bash, what are you kind of looking forward to there, Damon? I know they haven't raced Tri-City since 2008. Uh, Donnie Schatz has a one or two there, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's tough with a track that you haven't been to in a while. I think you're going to see two separate races Friday and Saturday because of being, um, you know, the the first race is kind of one of those where, those who have been there will have an upper hand, I would say. And then your Saturday race, once they get some laps under their belt there, 
be a little bit better. Um, not not really sure what to expect. Did you switch them? I think you switched them there. What do you mean? Friday's the track they haven't been to in a while. Saturday's Hobstadt. Well, they got what? What? What are you talking about? Hobstadt is I got, I usually on the schedule. Tri City hasn't yet. You're good. Yeah, I got you. Sorry. I, so for people at home confused, why we're confused? Tri City is in Granite City, Illinois. Tri State is Hobstadt. So I usually call Hobstadt Hobstadt. Right. I usually call Tri City Hobstadt, and Damon was getting them confused in his head because he's heard it called Tri State as well because yes. that's the name of it. Um, this weekend just happened to be the only weekend that those could coincidingly uh, confuse everybody being right next to each other on the schedule. Exactly. Yeah. So it'll be um, it'll be interesting to see how how it goes um, for for the series. I would look to see someone who's ran at the at the one track to to be there towards the front. It'll be interesting to see, but um this is kind of that that time you get to get your last last ditch effort in before going to Bristol basically. Yeah, and it's, you know, after that you have uh the Outlaws with uh it's less rate let's race 2 is what it's called, I'm sorry. Uh with the USAC non-wing sprint cars um and beyond that some other big shows coming up for the world of allies in the coming weeks. Um, I don't want to get this wrong. Just make sure it's going. Uh, yeah. They at first, uh, first Pennsylvania swing of the year, they got the Gettysburg clash at Lincoln midweek in May. Then you go to the Morgan cup at Williams Grove. Um, you're going to all those PA tracks and you turn around the next week and you're swinging through Ohio. So uh, some big, big weeks of racing for the world of outlaws. Uh, on the cusp here. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see kind of where that goes. Yeah. And they, Damon, the picture you sent me is just, uh, that's from like, like they have the sponsorship they have is like on the neck band. But it is an official, it's an official sponsor. You think that does mean exclusive yeah, then? Okay. It has to be. You don't, if, if you're a, like I said, if you're, if I'm Pepsi walking into the Olympics, who is sponsored by Coke, I can't just walk in and start automatically selling Pepsi and promoting prep Pepsi as the, as you've got Coke being the official sponsor of the Olympics. Well, you could, if you just put a Coke sticker on it. Can't. You're not going to. Just slap it on the side. No. That'd be really funny if someone ran like Goodyear's and put black tape and like white Sharpie marker <laughs> drew the Hoosier logo out. I'm not saying it's an all exclusive thing, like it's the exclusive to to Hoosier, but it's hard, especially when they are providing tires at the track. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we'll uh, keep going here from, and I know we didn't really I'll talk about- it, I'll put it in this perspective. This happened a few years ago at the NHRA level, uh, not in in the pro series, but in the, top alcohol dragster ranks um guy was running hoosier tires on his top alcohol dragster blew a right rear tire on his running the hoosier after he reached 270 and when it did that uh the nhra basically the next week came out and banned hoosier tires from uh or they if you ran a car over 270 you could not have hoosier tires 
And so what that ended up doing is it suspended him for, for a week because he showed up to the, or for the rest of the year, because he showed up to the next race with Hoosier tires and ran over 270. So they, there isn't all exclusive, but it's, you know, it's not something you need to push. There's yeah. And there's decisions that can be made and stuff like that. Um, I would say with Goodyear putting out tires uh, for NASCAR's dirt race that resembled sprint car tires, I would probably, that would lead me to believe someone has at least thought about it, whether they've done anything to venture into the possibility of Goodyear ever producing sprint car tires or dirt racing tires again, uh, who knows, but how closely those look to sprint car tires, Damon, like that was, you know, you got to think they, they, got with sprint car tire people and kind of designed a tire for sure they did but it's just a matter of getting them (sighs) bolted on that's the the thing that they've got to get through the giant hoop they have to get through especially when it is an official sponsor and there are tires being given out at the racetrack basically absolutely um let's talk cup guys because they're dominating uh, our front page on the website right now Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, Chase Briscoe, and Alex Bellman are all running dirt cars this week. Some in sprint cars, some in, well, Larson in a late model. Uh, But Chase Briscoe also announced he has a late model, a midget, and a sprint car, both running non-wing and wing races this year uh, that he's going to drive. So it's really cool to see Briscoe venture – a little bit outside of the midgets. Uh, he's been a dirt racer for some time, uh, whether he's running the massive events or little ones. But regardless, this like NASCAR guys wanting to run dirt races the days they're off and less practice, less qualifying, less at the track time for NASCAR guys, it's turning into a lot more big names running with dirt guys. And whatever your thoughts are on that, that brings a lot more attention to dirt racing uh, and especially, you know, the top series like the outlaws, Lucas oil, lay models, stuff like that. I think you bring up a good point in the fact of there is a lot less time at the track. You go back 10, 15 years ago and drivers were, you know, testing during, it was tire test. It was car test in the middle of the week. And then, Friday was a three-hour practice session, and then Saturday was uh, another hour practice session on top of qualifying or vice versa, and then there's a race on Sunday, and then they turn around, and they're at a tire test across the country the next week, and so now that they've put in and implemented the limiting of, of testing rules that they've got out there, plus the limited amount of practice, you're seeing more and more of this happen um and sure yeah it brings you know it it is about bringing exposure to to the other other series but i think it's more or less getting guys seat time um regardless of what you know what series it is it's just about seat time yeah every time you're driving uh sprint car or late model or car you're not used to your uh i guess reactions and stuff um and i'm not like i'm not I've never driven a car competitively. I'm trying to say like 
the way athletes go, because I played roller and ice hockey, when you go to something different, when you start playing a different sport, you like everything's like on high. Your reactions are on high. You're dialed in, I guess. Um, and I think that would help uh, NASCAR Cup Series drivers uh, rather than spend, you know, three hours a day, four days a week at the track they're running at currently to gain an extra two tenths of a second on a lap time at Talladega uh, or something. Talladega is probably a bad example of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it literally at any track, cause that's what they were doing. They were fighting for an extra 10th of a second and why that is big over a 250 lap race. It's probably not as big as just sharpening your driving skills, becoming a better driver by racing different disciplines and seeing how a car reacts. Um, and that's kind of what the no practice thing showed everybody uh, throughout throughout the COVID pandemic and uh, at the start of the 2021 season. I think they used it pretty much the whole year, right? There's only like six races that had qualifying practice. Last year, yeah. 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 So, the only time they did it was when they went to the new tracks and then during the playoffs when they went to the um, to the championship race. Yeah. So I think that uh, – that's a big thing for uh, the dirt world, and um, it's a big thing for NASCAR as well. Uh, and I know we didn't really talk about um, who we thought would win this week in the Outlaws. It's uh, too hard to predict. We're, it would be me and Damon throwing one of eight guys' names out. Do you want to do it, Damon? Um, for what day? Oh, okay, so Friday I got Donnie Schatz, and Saturday I got James McFadden. Okay. Um. Well, I'm going to, I'll double down and take Donnie with you on, on Friday. Um, and then I'll go with Macedo on Saturday. Carson stays hot. Um, okay. I got sidetracked. If you're a college basketball fan, our podcast is known to have many different legs, um, like monster jam and nitro rally cross, uh, Jay Wright just it says sources from John Rothstein. Jay Wright's about to step down from Villanova. Really? Yeah, that's uh that's nuts. Shoot. Interesting. I wonder why. Oh, retiring. Okay. Next one I saw was retiring. Gotcha. Got yeah, I was looking for that too. <laughs> yeah. That's it's you know it's either investigation or retiring. No, it's it's retiring. Talk no, about- I'm saying like in general. Oh yeah. No. That's, you know, what else does the guy need to accomplish, I guess, in the series? That's the big one. He needs to sign A.J. Green. That's his next challenge. <laughs> no. One more year. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm throwing shit right out, man. <laughs> David took that personally. Yeah. I'm wearing, I'm wearing an Iowa State hat right now, David. Relax. This whole week has been taken personally, man. I tell you what. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go right back after Damon. NASCAR's ratings are in over four million viewers for a race that was rain delayed. Um, definitely the highest for a rain delayed race that we've seen aside from the Daytona 500. Of course, it's pretty obvious it usually rains during that. Um, big ratings for Bristol Dirt. Massive. So massive that they didn't say we're going to go back dirt racing again after the second stage like they did last year, uh, but. They announced it right after those ratings came out about three hours after. Right. I mean, I I think 
here, here's my complete honest thing. It, I think it wouldn't have mattered what, what track, what facility, what sense of way of getting there. A night race on Easter evening in prime time on a national network is going to automatically draw more attention. It, which is why I'm a big fan of race on Easter. Absolutely. And that's why yeah. I, I'm saying is I don't think it, I don't, did the dirt have something to do with it? Maybe I think it probably would, it probably drew a little bit more fandom in a little bit of the, you know, the West coast fans that were, you know, that are dirt fans out there or, or whatever, uh, once you have it, but, I, I would say no matter – you could have taken this race anywhere, and I think people would have still tuned in in prime time on a national network at night. Um, okay, well, let me ask you this. The Truck Series race, which was held on Saturday night at Bristol Dirt, drew in 1.17 million viewers. Mm-hmm. It doubled – the number that tuned in for the Friday night race at or Thursday night race, I want to say at Martinsville, uh, which was only 0.46. Um, and it was one of the best truck ratings uh, in recent memory, uh, just all together. Well, it's the best truck rating at Bristol in the spring race for a long time. Right. Uh, I, I mean, that one is a little bit more interesting, I guess, but we saw during the pandemic that midweek races aren't necessarily the way to go. So that Thursday number to comparative, but they aren't, they aren't busting a million hardly ever. No. Xfinity, well, the well, number of Xfinity and truck series races to get over a million viewers on a year by year basis is like five combined. Maybe that's answer probably this. my answer. This what else was going on Saturday night? Uh, the NBA playoffs. And that's it. NHL regular season, big okay. Dallas Stars game. I regular, cared. I watched the Stars. Regular season. Okay. Um, not no, that I we, not that I think it's not a junk ass league, but the USFL debuted. Yeah, and they drew good ratings too. I think they drew three and a half million. Yeah. Saturday. So, I I think you know, there wasn't a whole lot to choose from on Saturday night to watch, but it's, I still don't. Oh, time out. The world of outlaws were racing. That one backfired on you, didn't it? How? All right. Well, I just feel like all the world of outlaws fans can be coming for your head in the morning. They're not on a mainstream television. You know, I just want to give you shit. You keep, you keep talking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You keep talking. I don't know what for. I I just, I like getting you worked up because it helps the podcast. No, it hurts me. Okay, so I need to be the one to get worked up. Makes it worse. Huh? I need to be the one to get worked up then? Why do we need to get it worked up? People make fun of Stephen A. Smith for getting worked up. That's fair, but he says dumb things. Well, so you getting worked up. I'm slightly less dumb. I'm less less radically dumb. So your comments mixed with getting worked up, now we're going to Stephen A. level. I was I was gonna make a bad joke about Stephen A. Smith, but it could have yeah. I don't want to make that joke. (laughs) 
Smart choice. I, I, I wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been offensive to anybody except Stephen A. Smith. This is the corner we need to have more often. The one that thinks a little bit longer and like, you know what? How did this turn into a grilling session on me? You're talking about why NASCAR shouldn't go to Bristol Dirt. The I ratings say otherwise. Oh, you were, you were pointing to it. You were pointing to it. No. Okay. No. We'll finish your thought on, on the Saturday debacle. What about Saturday debacle? That's the ratings on the truck series race were high. You said the ratings on the NASCAR race, no matter where they are on Easter Sunday night, are going to be big. I think it's prime time. I think it I think it was prime time that helped that. Yeah, absolutely. So that that's all I'm saying. I'm not okay. saying take away and I'm not saying it's not because of the Bristol dirt. What I'm saying You think is, we should have more Sunday night races? I think that needs to honestly be looked at. I like I like that idea. I mean I think it honestly needs to be looked at, especially in the summer months. Yeah, you talk about what Sunday night football does, they're always Sunday night prime time. Exactly. exactly. Why is Richmond why is Richmond having a day race? Well, why is, yeah, why is, you know, have it Sunday night, but uh, people are so scared. They're so dialed into this archaic freaking nine to five work week. Like people will schedule stuff around like the worst time to get on Twitter is five o'clock because people are just programmed to drive to work or not do anything at five o'clock. Yeah. It's are you coming at me like this? No, I'm not coming at you. I'm coming at people that like love the nine to five thing. And it's like, well, we can't race on Sunday night because kids have school and stuff. It's like if I'm taking my kid to one race a season, I'm going to take him Sunday night and maybe I'll let him just miss school tomorrow because he'll be dead like that. It's a day of school like or you make him go to school. Like normal human. I don't want to make him do anything. He can go to school if he'd like. Connor. They, I'm sorry, I did not mean to specify if he was a male or female. Connor, you send him to school. Okay, if, okay. The, the argument is like we we're racing on school nights, doing you know, it's obviously from the type of people that would live next to the F1 Miami course that are complaining about Formula racing. You know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily the. I don't think it's the fans completely against it. I have a feeling that it's people inside the industry that are against it. Uh, Where inside? Within the teams. Yeah, just travel time on Sunday being cut down. Well, travel time on Sunday being cut down, being gone an extra, you know, 12 hours on top of what they normally would be. All, all those things kind of add up plus the turnaround going from especially like the schedule like if for some reason they were to do an even later race in Vegas and then they got to come back to Atlanta the next week or something like that um, would would really kind of is the people inside the industry I think this though kind of opens the door though a little bit better to say hey we can look at some more primetime races Okay, I see what you're saying. I hope that it does. Um, I do, I too. I think I their do. thoughts are going to be gathered that it's Easter, which it should have been like a foregone conclusion. What do you do on holidays? Like Thanksgiving, you watch basketball. Uh, Christmas, you watch the NBA. Thanks- yeah, college basketball. We did this the last episode, too. You watch football on Thanksgiving. No, the Vikings have sucked long enough. The by Vikings November. don't even play on Thanksgiving. That's what I'm saying. 
Thank goodness, by the way, for that. But I'm not. I I like get undialed into the NFL once the Vikings start sucking. If I know they're not making the playoffs, I barely watch any of the NFL. Then it dominates the news cycle, and they try to get me excited again about it. It's ridiculous. I'm just confused. You choose to watch basketball over. Yeah, I, I watch. Well, there's college football that even plays on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I watch call. I watch Iowa State and Drake kill it in Thanksgiving tournaments. It's the best. Jesus. Don't act, don't act like you've ever seen your team win an NIT championship. I watch it. I watch basketball on top of it, <laughs> but during the day, it's football, man. That's fair, but okay, all right. So the the point the point being, on holidays, you watch sports. You just watch them with your family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're on. They're going on. No one's doing anything. Those ratings are typically higher. I'm not at all surprised that it was high on Easter, and they should absolutely do it this year and every single year to the rest of time. If it's bristle dirt, if it's something else, do whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's it, it really showed in the numbers television-wise. Um you know, that's one of the biggest ratings that they've had in a non-Daytona race in a really long time. That's, I mean, they're averaging that almost. So They're real close to it. If you throw out the FS1 race, I think they're right there. I could probably dial up the numbers for you later. I didn't update my sheet today, but uh, no, yeah, I am. I'm psyched at that rating. It's very cool for uh, them, and I think they're going to keep doing it. Let's go to uh, William Byron is running a Jeff Gordon throwback flames blue car. Probably the car I grew up watching the most. Um, I'm psyched for it. Uh, The throwbacks are getting newer and newer and uh, there's more people redoing other throwback schemes. Um, It's a, it's a difficult, not difficult question, not difficult. I don't want to be like a poser podcaster asking this, but have has the throwback weekend run its course or do you still appreciate? Because, yeah, okay, you're shaking your head no, and I'm probably there with you. Uh, I don't care if you do a paint scheme twice like or that someone else has done before. I, I hope that it has some connection to your team um, in any way. Just I grew up watching this guy race. I want to race his. Uh, I hope they go and do some throwbacks to other cars and different sports or different types of racing, I guess. Uh, it'd be sick to see like an Avenger NASCAR on the track. They already did Gravedigger. Chill out. I know. I know. I And guess what? Had the highest selling die cast of all time. So far. It's the Gravedigger car. Someone needs, if Kyle Larson could do a throwback to his Knoxville Nationals winning paint scheme. Let's do that. I, you know, I love the throwback <laughs> schemes because I'm sitting here looking at about six cars that don't have, have never had a paint scheme done with it. Um, and one of the cars in the field today can run about any of them in particular and not have to change anything but the paint and the color inside the number. Um, hmm. So, I, I'm excited to see it continue because we're starting to see different evolutions of some cars too. You've got uh, Matt Benedetto who decided let's go get the silver bullet paint scheme for his truck. And they're running, you know, the that one's been done like six times. 
I know, but it's okay. I just want to make sure you knew that because I read that and I was like, oh my God. And then I look back, I'm like, how did I not figure this out? No, I know, but it's still one of the best paint schemes in NASCAR is, is that silver bullet Coors light paint scheme. No, that Um, guy was a massive dickhead on NASCAR 2000 Thunder or 2003 NASCAR Thunder 2003. I got it that time. Massive though. Terrible. Not like uh, Mike Skinner and Robbie Gordon as well. Yeah. Well, that that's natural though. It's all of them regular basis, but um, you know, Harrison Burton getting to throw back to his dad that came out today. That's pretty cool. Getting to that car was sweet too. Getting to drive the Exide car and Harrison's lifetime was never drove by Jeff because the last time Jeff drove it was eight days before Harrison was born. So uh, pretty cool to have that. You've got, Harrison right. Harrison literally killed that car, and now he's bringing it back from the dead. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you got Brett Moffitt bringing back the um, Mark Martin's NASCAR Cup Series rookie year paint scheme. Really cool look on that car. Um, the Gossamer car that I've got sitting right over there, one of my favorite paint schemes of all time from Dale Jr., and you get to see Josh Berry drive it. The paint schemes keep getting cooler and cooler, but it's also making me feel older and older. Oh, see, now that's my thing is I want more cars that were around when I was a kid because well, those, are the, those are the throwbacks that I enjoy to watch. I do too, but it's like, man, I'm really getting old because they're showing 2002 Dale Jr. Gossamer paint scheme. I'm like, my God, I'm old. I told you about the Pepsi throwback Talladega ordeal I had, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was crying seven laps into a freaking race. It was like my first race at Talladega. I'm like, why is Jeff Gordon running this yellow car? And then all of a sudden he's in the wall. It's like, this sucks. Yeah. No, it's the paint schemes keep getting better and better by the year. They keep evolving. I do wish this is the pet peeve of the, the numbers being slid forward. I do wish for this race, they would allow the numbers to be where they belong. Yeah, I do too. Um, The reason they gave was that some crews, that don't choose to participate in the weekend would then have to move the numbers to the middle. And it's all about having the spot, the spotters know where to look. So you got to be consistent with everything. Um, to that, I just say, put the damn numbers back in the middle for the weekend. And if you don't race a throwback, I don't care about your team. Well, the spotters look at the top of the cars anyway. So you can tell, you can tell which teams have, like everything figured out inside to where they can race yeah. a meaningful throwback yeah. scheme. And when teams, when teams don't run a throwback scheme, Damon, I think that they don't have their shit together. It's a really unprofessional look when Joe Gibbs racing one, when they weren't racing a throwback that one year, I thought it looked really crappy on Joe Gibbs racing. It seemed like they were too focused on bringing up an ARCA development series driver. Um, that's now in the Xfinity series. It's it looks really unorganized and super unprofessional. I might add to not run a throwback scheme at Darlington. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it, I would go to that. Extreme. I would even call it unclassy. I don't know. I'll take a stand. I don't know if I would take it that extreme. I do don't. I do think it kind of sucks that not everybody does it. But at the end of the day, it's probably because the sponsor said something that they want. They don't want to change it up. So, and those know. people are losers too. Well, those this are is good. Ones. This these are the people I should be calling out on here. No cool. way in hell they listen. 
All right. Um. Well, lost my sheet. Hold on. Hold on. We're getting there. Um. Also, Alex Bowman just uh, won his heat race at the uh, Invasion. Live updates as you go. I'm not staying on for the whole race. Just so you. Know. I didn't think you were. <laughs> Can't do that. Um. Oh. Yes, another conundrum I have as we go into NASCAR at Talladega. As you know, I've picked the super speedways uh, very differently from how I normally pick races. And it seems every time I pick more than three guys to win a race, it comes back to bite me in the ass. Also, as you know, I love putting money on Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Hasn't paid off much. I'm probably going to throw money at Bubba Wallace again, but now he's the favorite to win at Talladega. Do I need to change my super speedway lineup? Do I need to go erratically different at it? Yeah. So what do we got? I'm I'm thinking Keslowski, Bubba. I say Brad Keslowski, either one of the RCR cars, and Bubba Wallace. No, I can't. You can't. He's finished top five at like five super speedways in a row. Four. That no, I'm getting one of those numbers or one of those parts of the what stats screwed up. Out of some of the, I think he, numbers. I think he's finished top three at like the last three Talladegas. No, couldn't be that either. Hold on, I'm Wikipediaing this. So what do you think? What do you think? You think Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick finishing above Stenhouse? Yes. If they don't wreck on the first lap, which tends to be something that they do pretty good at. Mm. Okay, the last three super speedway races, Bubba Wallace has finished either first or second. Okay, the last three. That's a big difference than the last three Talladegas and the last five. There's another there's another stat in there, except I don't know where it would have came from. So the chart I'm looking at is all screwy. Oh, who designed this? I feel poor. I feel very bad for their soul. Okay, regardless, top three, uh, first or second at the Coke Zero last year, then at uh, Talladega you won and you finished second in the 500. So I think, I think I'm going to pick Bubba Wallace, and if you're listening to this, you get, you get early access to the picks. Bubba, Brad Koslowski. And we're gonna need one more. Well, I'll give you mine. It's gonna be it's Brad, Austin Dillon, and Austin Cindric. Okay, you think Austin Cindric can win at a super speedway? <laughs> I'll give you a bonus pick. How about this? I was trying to throw you curve. Bonus pick. Bonus pick. Denny Hamlin. I think Denny knows Daytona. I don't think he knows Dega. Huh? I don't think 
I don't think Denny, I don't trust Denny at Talladega like I do at Daytona. But I trust Brad Keselowski a lot more at Talladega than I do Daytona. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense, but you're talking weird right now. Why's that? Denny Hamlin is like the new Brad Keselowski of the super speedways. I know Denny's good at him, but still, like, Denny has had, like, a nightmarish start to the season. Like, you think this is, you think this is going to, like, fix it? I don't think it'll fix it, but I think it'll give him another win or at least another good run. I think he he could have a good run, but I I don't know. All right, let's look at the odds. Oh, all right, all right, hot tip for y'all. If you're listening to this early, you can get Bubba Wallace at plus 1,400. Different than the plus 11 that is advertised elsewhere. I almost forgot Damon Ryan Blaney. That's my guy. I don't know what you're doing. I think I think I've just talked myself into picking the same roster. See? Maybe should I drop I'll probably drop Austin Dillon and Stenhouse off my regular. In, in the last five Talladega starts for Denny Hamlin. Okay. He has three top four top ten finishes. A win, a seventh, a third, and a fourth in his last five total. He has started on the pole for three of those five. And second was the, was four, uh, the fourth one. You said he had, he had a win. Yes. Which race am I forgetting? October 4th, 2020. Huh? So that was like during his March to the playoff. That was the year that him and Harvick destroyed the entire field. Right. All right. So Denny's good at Daytona. He's good at the 500. But at Talladega, he's if it's not Denny, it's Brad, basically, is what it comes down to. Yeah, unless it's Austin Sendrick. Or Ryan Blaney. Or Bubba Wallace. Or Dale Jr. That's right. He's coming back for a race. Can't wait. I think uh, he is coming back for the race. That's right. I think I'm going to roll with Blaney, Bubba, and uh, one other, maybe Keslowski. Might have to be it. That might be it. You'll see the pick Sunday. I threw all those names that we just talked about, though, are all solid picks. So if one of those is like a guy you want to cheer for, throw it down on him. Um, that's a fun time, fun thing to do too. Like if you just take five of the field, the dollar on them, guaranteed to make money. You could take nine and make money with all of them too. All right, let's talk uh, a little IndyCar because today, Wednesday, um, that we're recording this, um, eventful day. Well, we'll put it that way, right? So IndyCar hosted an open test um, in the first session with veteran drivers jimmy johnson was up to third on the charts now they're about 10 miles per hour below the average speed that they'll go they're testing at lower rpms is that right damon is that accurate i think so 
I mean, they're not they're not running the cars as fast as they do. Oh, no, this isn't going to be like their, this isn't their 500 motor. No, no. So uh, but it's still big to uh, see him be able to take the car that Scott Dixon was on top at a 227 um, at the end of the day. I believe Jimmy Johnson was running 223 when he was at top three. Um, and I believe he's a little faster, too. But anyways, that was big to see. And all of a sudden. Elio Castroneves uh, puts his defending Indianapolis 500 winning chassis into the wall and wrecks off of pit exit to uh, going into turn two. Coming out of one, that pit exit is what I'm trying to add a little short shoot thing. Mm -hmm. So after that, Will Power spun in the same spot out of pit exit and Colton Herta spun trying to avoid him and IndyCar completely ended the practice like abruptly so pretty dude it most like unpredictable exciting sport uh maybe even for the bad things uh they went to they're going to work right now uh as we speak um trying to figure out why that part of the track is screwed up if it was moisture or something I, I mean it's green i think it's just the fact that there's not been anything out on the track that could be it. And it's cold and overcast and so just I just I don't think it's a, a thing to worry about. We've seen it more times than not. That's a spot that cars tend to get upset at anyway. Yeah, so uh we'll see kind of what that means for tomorrow's or for Thursdays today's, I guess uh Indie practice and um, probably just go for there, I guess. Um, another thing with um, the Indy 500, uh, they've released some paint schemes this week. Did you see Arrow, uh, Arrow McLaren's, Schmidt Peterson, that, that team's? It's the five, the six, and the seven car. Yeah, and I know what cars. I've not seen the paint schemes. Look them up on Twitter because they all look the same and they're all just like barely different. And when the color, the colors are like correct from a partial F one team. The colors are like army green, um, but like mixed with a little bit of puke color. Uh, I think it's called papaya orange in like a electric blue, hmm. and then white or black. That look good. It looks very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I would have just made like one car blue, one car. You know, a little bit of a mix, and the and other car just they one. Have you designing their cars, Connor? I I could roll out easily, but my design process would be like with markers on a piece of paper. Yep. As so my rend my render would be a little bit more rough, but that's why they don't have me designing schemes. Uh yeah. the other part of that was uh, they're running the Rainbow DHL Pride car uh, at the Indianapolis 500. Um. As much as I want to think it's just a cool thing they wanted to do, I think it's kind of in response to what Florida and Maryland are doing uh, with the weird stuff there. And just Maryland schools, I think, just banned the rainbow flag and called it a, a gateway, um, representing the word of, like, gateway drug, which uh, I tweeted it Tuesday. I don't know if you saw it, Damon. I said, oh, yes, when I watched Jeff Gordon's paint schemes come across my TV when I was three years old. I thought, yeah, dudes are hot. 
I did not see that tweet, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. It's a banger. It's a good one. Um, it's going to be cool to see that on, like, national television. Uh, and just that's, that's, like, it for it. You know, some people think, like, the gays, uh, for lack of a better term, get this huge, like, it's like we put another point on the scoreboard because we have a car in the Indy 500. Um, or we see a, a flag on TV, and it's like, oh, no, that's that's just cool. And I, I just move on. Obviously, the weird people get upset about it, but I, I wanted to mention it. Just cool. Um, it's a cool scheme. It's smooth, too. It's Iowa State colors with the rainbow in the middle. I love it. Um, other than that, I kind of wanted to roll through the schedule. Uh, do, do, do. The uh, All-Star Circuit of Champions has a weekend triple header going to Bloomsburg Fairgrounds, uh, Williams Grove, and then Port Royal on Saturday. So that'll be cool. I love watching Port Royal. That's my favorite Pennsylvania track. I don't know if I've said that on here. Um, I don't think so. Um, USAC is headed to the T-Town Midget Showdown at Port City. Uh, Kyle Larson is racing that race XR in Florida. Uh, and we talked about the outlaws. We've got Xfinity and Arca on Saturday. Can we talk real quick about the fact that Larry Max getting back on the top of the pit box at yeah. Talladega and, cool. and crew chiefing for Jeffrey Earnhardt, who gets to drive the three car. That's sweet. I'm glad, like that, uh, glad Teresa let go of the damn stronghold. She has enough freaking number. Teresa doesn't have that number. That's right. Well, if she has that number. Okay. That's, I see. I see. I see. I was just making a Teresa comment, but no, no, everybody hates Teresa, but, um, that's a, everybody hates Chris. Me and my homies hate Teresa. No, everybody hates Teresa. Um, someone's going to like that joke. I I'm telling you the the three car number is owned by Richard Childress. That's why the eight looks different at the Cup Series than the three does. Because the if if Richard were to put the curves on the eight car like Tyler Reddick's number, then it would be too close to to Teresa's uh, copyright. That, there's a long long story. I got to show you a video sometime. But uh, she sucks, man. Just let people run their shit. Yeah. Well. That's what happens when you got money. That's yeah. like owning the Viking. That's like owning the Vikings logo. It's like Minnesotans trying to steal the North Stars logo from the Dallas Stars. Okay. Stupid uh, shit, man. Okay. All right, not the same thing. And then uh, the fact that it's it's Dale's grandson that gets to drive the three car with one of his former crew chiefs. Um, they might suck. They might run up front, but it's pretty damn nostalgic and it looks cool. And when he wins, it's a damn party. Oh, man. Can you imagine if they win? Just any time. Did you hear Bowman on the on the broadcast? Uh-uh. He said uh, uh, during the rain delay for NASCAR on Sunday, he said, um, I don't know if I'm too much of an expert driving in the dirt, but I'm, I'm the expert at partying, that's for sure. I didn't hear that. That's awesome. He, he said, we always have everyone down at our trailer after the race is in. That's so cool. I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk up to him if I if he's at the track I'm at. I'm I'm just gonna walk up with a case of Bush Light and say I need Alex. Yeah, there you go. I have a delivery for him. If he asked me to stay. He does. Otherwise, we'll have to go buy a new case of beer. You got the party delivery going on. <laughs> ah, 
no, that'll be uh, that'll be cool to watch him. Uh, I think last year, Arca at Daytona or something, Tim Richmond, like this old guy, not not the actual Tim Richmond, Tim Richmond, but um, some other guy named Tim Richmond that runs his schemes almost won the race. So maybe that happened Saturday. Could be. I do want to tell you guys, if you want your friends to get into racing, uh, don't do what I did. Uh, when they were all like, what do you do for work? And uh, it was, we went to my buddy's cabin in Minnesota and his friends that didn't know me as well were asking what I do for work and stuff. And I was paying attention to a race on my phone. They're like, oh, throw it on the TV. It was the Arca race at Talladega. <laughs> like entertainment wise, it is almost as bad as watching Formula One at a tight course that isn't Monaco. Uh, there was, uh, the amount of passing is actually more uh, but it feels like less. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, it was not. It, it's it's just bad. It is. But you have to have those kids on those tracks to learn how those tracks race. And, you know, um, a lot of times do most of them learn by doing something stupid? Yeah, they do. No, or they, they see someone else Ty do Gibbs. something stupid. What's that? No, they don't. Look at Ty Gibbs. That's okay. <laughs> he hasn't learned. That's okay. That's fair. Um I would argue there's a lot more people that have come through the Arca series that have learned, but you're right. They'll learn at some point, um, but it's good to have them race on those, on those tracks. And um, if there's anything that comes out of it, that's notable, we'll have a story on it up on the site. So pay attention for that. Um, yeah. The only other thing is Knoxville's kicks off Saturday. I'm amped. Yeah. It uh, looks like, Looks like going to be decent weather. Going to get some of the this rain out of here at the end of this week, and then hopefully they can get it geared up, and ready to go. Also, I I think I'm going to retire the don't say the R word on race days. Yeah, uh, I heard it too many times on the broadcast Sunday that I started calling it rain again myself, and I was like, I just I don't know if I can do this. That's what you got to call it. All right. Well, thank you guys uh, for listening. This is sad. It is uh, the R word on race days thing is is gone. It's not sad. It's just being realistic. Yeah, you can say what you will about it. I did. Actually. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a small little funeral over here for that and and the Cubs' chances of winning the World Series, which they're down five nothing right now. So. Might as well be really dead. Put your, you really shouldn't put your expectations so high on your favorite sports teams, Connor. It's okay. I got a Dallas Stars game to watch in a little bit here, Damon. We'll be fine. Mm. We're going to get up. We're going to regroup. We're going to recoup. We'll be ready uh, Be ready and willing with you all weekend uh, with a ton of motorsports on. So you all enjoy the rest of your week. If it's the weekend for you already, I hope you are having a nice cold one um next to the tv uh or it's the, the weekend for you already i need to know what job you have always race to editor that makes sense i actually i don't do anything during the week i actually write all my stuff on sunday um and then i just post it throughout so that people think i'm working and this makes a lot more sense. <laughs> oh man all right thank you uh thank you guys for listening uh and we'll be with you uh all weekend doing updates and stuff like that. So hopefully, uh, what am I saying? We got too many races this weekend for something not to come out of it. So Sunday night, we'll uh, get on the podcast, 
Uh, we'll get on the sticks and uh, we're gonna have a damn good time. Sound good, everybody? Or I guess I shouldn't. I shouldn't ask an open-ended question to just Damon in the audience. But <laughs> Damon says works for me, and now he's clapped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all have a good weekend. Appreciate y'all listening.